This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Friday mornings, for whatever reason, happen to be our most listened to show of the week. So if you heard this show seven days ago, you would have heard me for three hours. Um, you would have heard me for three hours promoting the appearance of one of my favorite guests, the inimitable, the one and only Marlena Shivo. And I announced repeatedly that she was going to be coming on in the four o'clock hour for the entire hour. And I had a long list of things that I was going to ask her about. And then uh, lo and behold, when four o'clock came around, no Marlena Shivo. I had to come up with something else. So um, lo and behold, here she is only seven days late. The one and only veteran media producer, satirist, social critic, and mom, Marlena Shivo. Where were you last week? Um, well, people were worried about you. I, I, I did. I did. I caught that. Um, I was sleeping. Wow. This never happens. It was such an anomaly. Like my alarm goes off at twelve thirty and continues to go off until my eyes opened at four forty in the morning. It the volume was down low. But the odd thing is, is that I never sleep through the night as as a normal thing. It's I definitely wake up, I definitely either go to the bathroom or I end up reading something for an hour going back to sleep. I am not someone who can sleep through the night. And that night I slept through the night. Wow. And then you text me, well we, obviously I contacted you, but then you texted me saying that there was a shooting outside of the studio. That's true. That's true. And I had I happened to be texting with somebody else. It was like, oh, well, it's probably, you know, you probably avoided an accident, you know, so I'm we're like, getting oh, shot or getting shot. Um, although I would have been in the building right, you by would have that been point because yeah. it was at 415 and you were. You but were... I would have been very concerned about my car because my car <laughs> is parked where exactly. the shooting took place. So, you know, the the all sorts of people had theories about what became of you last week. It was the day after St. Patrick's Day. So more than one listener reached out to me and said, you know, you know what happened. She went out partying for St. Patrick's Day. She tipped back a few too many and she <laughs> couldn't wake up in time. Any truth to that? None. I actually at that point hadn't had a drop of alcohol for like an entire seven day stretch. Actually, last night was the first time I actually had any alcohol for probably like a 12 day stretch, not for any good reason. Just I hadn't been socializing and doing anything. And so I did not. I, I watched a movie with my kids and then I they took their baths. I took a shower, got everything ready, set my alarm. And then that was the end of it. What movie was it? Uh, Turning Red. Oh, Turning Red. Yeah. Turning Red, which. It's so funny that that's even even remotely controversial. Like, I, which one is that? I heard about that. So it's it's a it's a it's an animation with girls that are supposed to be thirteen years old, uh-huh. and it's it's supposed to take place in two thousand and three. And the main character is like a Chinese descent of Chinese descent. Her parents are very traditional, and they're grow- and she's growing up in a suburb of Toronto, and it's. it's it's really it's a little bit of a coming of age, but it's really just a cute animated film. Uh-huh. But you know, people are saying there's undertones that the 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 bear, the red bear that she turns into when she gets angry, is um, you know a parallel to a girl getting her period, and like, and then it's all about my body, my choice. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I'm sure someone can analyze it that way, but it is just a really cute movie about really? a, a four girls. And, you know, gaining their independence as 13 year olds. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Debbie Schlossel on reviewing movies, and she's basically a conservative pundit that acts as a film critic. So she always sees these secret liberal subplots in films. And she actually said of that film, if I remember correctly, that she liked it. She even she who finds secret subtext into everything. Right. Even she said she liked that. So I'll put it on my list. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a kid's movie, but I, yeah. I just think that um, people just take it too far. And I actually asked another woman who I know um, who does ha- is a mom of a, an only child and is very much like the mother in this film. And I asked her if she saw it and she told me they had to stop halfway through because her husband 
didn't like all the talk about boys. You're kidding. I'm like, is this happening? One woman said, I'm not interested. I don't like the undertones. And this one saying we'd stop halfway through because the husband was objecting to the kids talking about. But I'm like, that's what 13 year old girls do. Exactly. No. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to remember. We don't have to go back and research it. Maybe Debbie didn't like it. I, I have to go back. But um, but you liked it as far as a kid's movie. I mean, as, it, it, as far as watching a movie with my kids, it was fine. The yeah. girls liked it. I didn't take offense to anything. But then again, I am not the mainstream anymore. I thought I was. You would for a while. You had a good run. You I, had a few decades I did. when you were the mainstream. Now you are squarely outside of the mainstream. <laughs> oh, I am definitely an outlier. Um, you, um, you have been very vocal in terms of taking uh, health officials to task, government officials, governor of New Jersey, governor of New York, uh, a lot of people, different presidents to task for a lot of these COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates. Well, those of us that are Met fans got a big break this week because now all of our players, when we're poised to have a very good year, uh, all of our players can now play baseball irrespective of their vaccination status. I know the Brooklyn Net fans are ecstatic. Uh, Eric Adams commented on this a day or two ago in sort of the dichotomy of why the players can play but if you're basically the hot dog vendor in City Field or at Yankee Stadium, you still can't come to work. Here was Mayor Adams. Day one, when I was mayor, I looked at the rule that stated hometown players had an unfair disadvantage for those who were coming to visit. And immediately I felt we needed to look at that. But my medical professionals say, Eric, we're at a different place. Um, well, now the now home players and away players can play whether they're vaccinated or not. But everyone else that lost their job because they weren't vaccinated, the cops, the teachers, the firefighters and uh, the people that want to be unvaccinated and work in these stadiums, they still don't get their job. It's ludicrous. I mean, come on. It's ludicrous. It's it's it, it, it's it's they they keep doing this thing where it's these people can do this, but these people can't. And it, none of it makes any sense. Mm. So it, it, it so when they lifted the mask mandate in New York, um, I was like, oh, great. Now I could take my kids to Broadway right. for shows that they, they couldn't see before, blah, blah, blah. But then Broadway extended the vaccine mandate and the mask mandate. So I couldn't take them. when is that extended to at this point? By the I way? think it's like April 18th or something. Oh, I don't know geez. unless or maybe that's the mess for planes. I, I'm i getting all of the extensions right, right, confused. But either way, the, it's still in place. Um, and if you didn't know, you'll see many people on social media holding up their playbills with their full masks in the that's theater. So, well, see, I got my wife tickets because her birthday Sunday, I got her tickets and my sister who just had a birthday recently to a show on April 16th. I'm wondering if we're going to have to be masked for that. Uh, I, you might be. Okay. So and, you know, there happens to be a play at my kid's school tonight. OK, and I'm taking them. And uh, my older daughter rebel who's eight years old said to me are we going to the play and i'm thinking she's talking about this play and i said yes and she goes do we have to be vaccinated i looked at her and i'm like why would we have to be vaccinated she's like uh i don't know um i thought that we had to be i'm like that's for broadway and she thought when she when she said play she really meant musical and she was talking about hamilton oh and i said oh no 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 we're going to see your school play no we don't you know and she said, and I'm not going to say the kid's name, so-and-so said, you know, and this is another eight-year-old, so-and-so said, um, uh, it would just be easier if you would just get vaccinated. Now, <laughs> wait, wait, this eight-year-old told your daughter that it would be easier if you, if she, would... if, if, if Rebel could just get vaccinated. Okay. And then she goes, and mommy, she's double vaccinated. My eight-year-old saying this, this is like, this is the, this is the tangent I'm going off on because this is how gross this has become at this uh-huh. point. Um, and she goes, and so why are you so against it? I said, because I'm not putting in, I'm not putting new chemicals in your body that we don't know the long-term effects of. And chances are, if you get the disease, your chances of getting, of surviving it are pretty good. Correct. Since both of us have had COVID and lived with our children the entire time. You and and your husband. Yes. (laughs) And did not quarantine away from our young children. Anyway, so regardless of all that, and then. I said, um, then, then she said, you know, same kid, she eats paper. 
<laughs> I'm like, so the kid that eats paper is telling you that you should get vaccinated. So I said, um, she does. And yeah, I'm like, did she do it once? And no, she does it all the time. She says she really likes eating paper. Wow. I said, well, just so you know, for future, don't take medical advice from anybody who eats paper. That's good advice. Uh, that's uh, People listening at home should keep that in mind. Although they do say paper has a lot of fiber, um, <laughs> you don't. it's not something that you want to make a regular part of your diet. Also on the COVID front, and I want to delve into a bunch of other areas, but uh, the CEO of the nation, the CEOs, plural, of the nation's largest airlines are asking mm. the Biden administration to drop the federal mask mandate on airplanes. I don't think I need to guess uh, what your view is on this request from the pilots I, here. I was actually really because, you know, spring break is that week um, that they they extended it till the 18th. And that's the week of our spring break, at least. Um, and I we are going to Florida and. <laughs> We're flying on the 17th. Mm. We were originally flying on the 18th. Um, and I thought that we were going to actually, I thought we were going to miss it because the original date was in March. The the um, expiration was in March and then they extended it one month. So I hope that they do lift it um, because it's just too much confusion for my kids. It's also just extremely annoying and completely unnecessary. Why is it that? You know, I can sit in the airport no, restaurant and eat and do whatever I want to, you know, whatever, anywhere, and then go onto the airplane and put a mask on. Like, what is the point? I, I, you, you and if anybody me. was really that scared, they wouldn't be on the airplane. Right. They're not going to be in a tight capsule with a bunch of strangers if they're that scared. They are forcing people to do something that they have no interest in doing, mostly. But as of now, your children are going to school unmasked. Though, unmasked. Right? That's big Completely, for them, huh? yes. How much of a hindrance was that to them, having to wear these masks and interact with people with these masks? You know, it's crazy. I, I don't I think that um, my little one, my five-year-old, um, had an easier—I would say—an easier time following the rules because she, that's all she's known. Right. Gotcha. But at the same time, I'm noticing that she's not as irritable when she comes out of school. It's like she could see her teacher's face, and she can, you know. But the weird thing is, is that the older kids were all, always had the masks on their chins because it's been—it's. It, it was nonsense. Even the principal was walking around like that. Um, I would I refuse to even walk in there with a mask on my person. How likely do you think that it is now that we're seeing more lockdowns in China um, because of some new variant over there? How likely do you think it is that we'll see a clawback of some restrictions? You were the, oh, the one kind of warning about that, you know. Three months ago, well, yeah, it I've looked been, like freedom was on the horizon. You were saying, don't get don't get too excited. I'm, and I'm still saying it because of what's going on in the big cities. And I think that's the North Star of all of this. Mm. I, I don't I locally. Yeah, we, we have had way more reprieve than anybody in New York and L.A. and everything. But if you look at I just read a news story this week in San Francisco Bay Area that, that teachers are encouraging our, you know, kids to wear masks um, by pushing like they're incentivizing with candy and donuts so so they'll keep the masks on it's like well, that is insane um and then all this stuff with adams is not encouraging it's like this is a slow drip of like how much longer are these people going to be able to deal with this with adams i kind of think he doesn't even want to keep these restrictions in place but he doesn't want to be looking like he's reacting to somebody telling him. I mean, everything everything I hear from him... Why it, wouldn't he want to be the pioneer yeah. of moving forward? Right. I mean, well, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand it at, at all. At, it, it's at politics, all. and it's not about public health, and that's what drives me up a wall. Mm -hmm. um, but what really drove me up a wall was the news from last week where Fauci comes out and starts talking about lockdowns to some extent saying, oh, we, we, you know, we might have to roll back all this freedom. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, and go back to having restrictions because of this, you know, this sub variant of Omicron that is um, currently surging in the UK and Europe or something. And it's like, oh, we're going to see these surges here. Two days later, he's like, I don't think we're going to see a surge here. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? What was that about? That's weird. How do you, how are you so sure that right. it's 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 inevitable that there's going to be a surge and an uptick in something that isn't even actually going to do any harm. It's just going to make people have colds, which was widely publicized. 
Um, so why would we need a quote lockdown and a this and that? Like, why are you fear mongering on CNN? And then you go talk to George Stephanopoulos two days later and go, nah, that's not going to happen. Tell me. Yeah, you got me. Okay. You so got me. So I have no like answer. The mixed that. messaging, the, it, at this point, you know, two years after the fact, stop, let it go, move on. Um, uh, also, by the way, in New York City, Eric Adams, while he's making things a lot better for millionaire athletes, <laughs> five-year-olds and below are still expected to wear these masks. They are, although I think he just lifted that, too. Oh, okay. I think, I think the preschoolers are now unmuzzled. Wonderful. Well, that's exciting. So we're, we're getting we're progress. That's oh, progress. you're, you're in, like inchworming along. We are indeed. Hey, um, in terms of medicine and health care... One of the things that I've seen uh, with a lot of different people is the financial toll mm. that medical debt can take on them. They say a lot of bankruptcies in this country, if not most, are due to medical debt, either their own or or family members. Now, Bernie, Bernie Sanders is calling for the cancellation of all medical debt. <laughs> it's uh, a cancel culture you can get behind. Exactly. However... What is the plan? And this is just like the the thing with the tuition. It's like mm. free, you know, free education, and it, but on the backs of tax, you know, taxpayers. And then it's I still I can't even pretend to understand the complicated world of healthcare and why we cannot have a national healthcare plan. I don't really understand it at all. Um, in term, except for for in terms in terms of taxes, but. So I get it. Thanks, Bernie Sanders. But he's not wrong. It's obnoxious what's going on right now. I have, full, you know, I have health care, obviously. Um, we have insurance. And Harley, last year, my little one, um, got stitches in her head, like four or five stitches. For, uh, and she went to the ER. And then they called a plastic surgeon to come to do the stitches because that's what you want when it's on the face. Just FYI gotcha. for the future. Good. <laughs> and... He do, he stitches her up. We leave, and I pay three hundred dollars at in the ER. They bill my insurance, not the hospital so much, but the plastic surgeon's office. And apparently, my insurance paid four hundred and seventy-five dollars towards this, and they send me a bill, the plastic surgeon's office, for twenty-two thousand dollars. Wow! That was the remaining amount. Why? Do you know, and I know, well, you may not know, but I know for sure, because I have two friends who have done it, you can get a tummy tuck for $20,000. Wow. Why did five stitches cost? So I'm befuddled on both sides. Oh, same. I, and now, now I'm playing nicely with the plastic surgeon's office because I don't want them to, you know. Right. Give your daughter a tummy tuck instead of finishing the job on those stitches. <laughs> Um, I will actually would like to use, um, when, when, when we, I finally get the insurance to pay them, I would like to use the credit <laughs> to then give myself one. No, but seriously, I, I was played nice with them. I did what they told me to do, told them to, the, the insurance company to reprocess the claim and then get that number and then give it to them. And they're supposed to talk. And then four months later, I get a call saying they paid nothing more. They didn't call to negotiate. And um, we have like a third party arbitrator that can handle this. If you just sign these papers and then we will appeal in your in your. um The insurance company is going to appeal on your behalf, uh, not the insurance company, oh, the, the, the the plastic surgeon oh, okay. office has this third party who will appeal on my behalf. I'm like, OK, well, they're the ones charging the twenty two thousand dollars. Right. And they want and they're trying to get it from the insurance company. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, you called. But now we're going to like attack them. And then it's like, I'm not sure I'm going to go this route. So I'm not signing anything. So then I went and called the insurance company again. And I said, you know, I, I, I told them the situation. And now it's still like a question mark as to what's going to happen. But I did call the pleasant surgeon's office. And I said, I do have a question, though. Why is it 20? Well, the full bill was 23,500. And what they say? Well, um, we charge what we are able to charge based on um, the parameters of what we're given. So basically, they look up a bunch of codes and go, what can we charge for this? What can we charge for that? Yeah. And they, they take the highest amount. They're not telling me this, but yes, they take the highest amount and they slap it all together in a bill. And then 
they want the insurance company to come back and negotiate it to a point where oh, they no accept it. And, and you know, th- that's one of the problems, one of the many problems with the current health care system. My dad was uh, a health insurance executive for 30 years, and he used to tell me frequently that if you had 100 people in the hospital for the same exact procedure, same length of time that they were there, it wouldn't be unusual for them to have uh, have paid 100 different amounts for that same degree of medical care. And always the one thing you can count on is the person that would have paid the most is the person that doesn't have any health insurance. And there's something really wrong when yeah. that's the when that's the case. So you're not necessarily on board with uh, where Bernie Sanders is coming from, but you understand. I just don't know what the plan is. Like he calls for these things and right. people cheer for him because you know right now he's saying this is a win because the any medical debt now is going to not go on in someone's um credit report for uh, like a year or something and they, it delays um, it landing on your credit report, and he's saying it's a good a step in the right direction, but we need to go further and abolish all the medical debt. And then he goes into obviously universal health care that every right. other country has. But I'm not totally understanding about how that plan will be in place because if it was a good plan, like why don't we have it? Because of capitalism, well, I, yes. Because yeah, of capitalism, I, I think and I that's, get that. that's I mean, a lengthier discussion. I know. But I think the fact that there's so many people that make money. In a private sector health insurance plan, and uh, you know, you, and then don't pay. Right. Well, that's the thing. You're paying every month, and then they're like, "Okay, here's four hundred dollars towards this humongous bill, and here's your deductible." You also hear, uh, you know, a lot of horror stories from countries that have single payer for someone that has to wait two years for an operation and things like that. I mean, it, it becomes, you know, um, it, look, there are horror stories on on both sides uh, in single payer countries and non single payer countries. We're going to continue with Marlena Shivo for the hour. When we come back, your coffee order may determine whether you're selfish or fun. And a woman was awfully sick, so sick. She lost 20 years worth of memories. We'll tell you about that and a whole bunch more. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. This is the other side of midnight. That is Frankie Valley singing Marlena. By the way, Frankie Valley never kept up his word to come on this show. I'm still uh, that reminds me. Going to reach out to him again next week. Um, but uh, we we are determined to get him. So uh, we'll we'll keep working on that. Um, yeah, you, are you a fan of that song? Fan. I was named after that song. Oh, is that true? And yeah, I was named after that song. And it, the funny story is, it was one of my first jokes I ever told in stand up is that I went to see Jersey Boys with a friend of mine and her sister was there and she was like, oh, you know, asking me if I liked Frankie Valley Four Seasons. I said, I grew up listening to them. Um, I was actually named after one of their songs. And I, she looked at me and said, really, which one? And <laughs> you I said, said, Sherry. No, I said, walk like a man. <laughs> but people call me Marlena for short. <laughs> Are you still friends with that person? No. <laughs> Any relation between her and the girl that eats the paper? <laughs> um, I, you know what? They're at, un, unclear. There should be some lineage there. That's very funny. All right. Uh, this is an interesting story in the, the Mirror, which is a UK publication. Apparently, your coffee order may determine whether you're selfish or fun. What are the selfish orders? What are the fun orders? Okay, so the selfish order comes down to um, someone who orders black coffee, I guess because they are so determined, and I'm on the wrong screen. Um, I'm the black coffee orderer. Every single time? Every single time. You never change it? Oh, my God, then you are a very selfish human being. According to this article. My wife reminds me that I'm selfish uh, all the time. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense, actually. But, um, yeah, so if you order black coffee, um, it says that – oh, jeez, internet. Okay, so it says that um, you are what? It means that you're very determined, you're very focused, you're 
all of these things, but it also means you could be very focused on yourself and have a very selfish mentality. Uh, but it also uh, indicates that you could be very self-sufficient and empowered. Um, so there's that. What, that. what are they basing that on, though? Um, a bunch of nonsense, I'm okay. sure. I don't no. know. Um, you know, there's always experts that contribute to these articles. What's your coffee order? I am all over the map. So I like a latte and I like a cappuccino and I like espresso, espresso and so what are those three and what is the fact that you that makes me like I guess a schizo because I guess I what go ahead no 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 what well, is that common do most people mix it up like that um I'm not most people but mm-hmm. I know that I mix it up like that not at home but if I'm out I'll be like yeah I'll have a latte yeah yeah I'll go for a cappuccino and espresso. Forget it. I'll always drop a, a espresso in my when I go to a coffee place. But yeah, so the espresso is a no nonsense, straight chalking person. Ah, and that's the, you. That's <laughs> me. Uh, cappuccino is um, a fun person. That's, also you. That's me. And uh, the latte um, is uh, someone who just kind of goes with the flow. That's, that's so, not you. That's not me. No, no, no. That's you're, more my friend Sarah, and she always you, orders a latte. You, you've so. got to stop ordering lattes pronto. <laughs> it does not match yeah, no, no, no. Pl- my please. inner self. No wonder you're getting the wrong order all the time. <laughs> um, hey, this was an interesting story. I had seen this, and it caught my eye because one of my great fears is dementia. And oh, apparently there's a story of this woman who caught a cold and it had some pretty disastrous implications for her. What happened? So she catches some cold and that her son had, common cold. And as the days go on, she gets more lethargic, more lethargic. And then all of a sudden doesn't wake up. Her husband takes her to the hospital. She remains in a coma for like 16 days. From a cold? From a cold. Oh, it must. There must have been some strange bacterial thing that happened. Um and they had her on like a ventilator and she said she was like in a, almost like a twilight state where she was like hallucinating. She thought there were like wasps on the ceilings and mm-hmm. flies in her ears or something. Anyway, she wakes up. She recognizes her family uh, members, but cannot recall anniversaries, birthdays, the birth of her children, her marriage, her marriage proposal and all of these things. And she's um, frustrated by it. But I can imagine. I mean, do you think she's faking? Um, I don't think so. How could this happen? Why would you forget? Why would you voluntarily forget the quote birth of your children? No one forgets. Right. That. That's true. That's true. Um, well, that's sad. I hope she gets over this quickly. Maybe some vitamin C can help her jog her memory. How's mm-hmm. your memory? You want to hear something even crazier? Well, probably not so crazy, but I have a great memory. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> um, today. I was supposed to bring these donuts to this, you know, bake sale. Mind you, spoke about it several times, joked about it with a friend of mine because I think all these things are so hokey. These like fundraisers, whatever. It's always something. I was, I'm not baking. I'm going to go to the store, drop this thing off. I'm out. Three hours later, I am operating in, in, in a normal pace. I go I get a shower later in the day. I go pick up my kids and my little one goes, why are we going to the, you know, the thing? And I'm like, not only did I not purchase the donuts, drop them off, I forgot it even existed. And I just spoke about it three hours earlier. And I said to my friend, uh, happens to be a psychologist and also running this thing. I was like, I, I walked up to her. I went, I forgot all about this. Like, that is so funny. And she, you know, and I gave her 20 bucks. I was like, here, here's for the donations. And like, you know, my kids got some cupcakes. We walked out. We were texting about it later, and she goes, if it keeps happening, you might want to consult a neurologist. <laughs> and I said, I can't tell if you're joking. She's like, no. The psychologist in me is saying that if you're going to forget things on a regular basis, you, you might need to see somebody. The, 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 one of the best books I ever read was a book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And um, it's by a fellow named, I think his name is Joshua Four. And he was the former U.S. world uh, U.S. memory champion. He might have even been the world memory champion at one point, but he was certainly the U.S. memory champion. And he was out uh, celebrating. I think if I this is ten years ago that I read the book, he was out celebrating his win in the U.S. memory championship. And uh, you know he's with friends at a bar and this and that. You know he uh, drives to the bar. You know they're hanging out. They go you know have something to eat. And then everybody goes home. So Josh Four forgets um, 
that he had driven and takes the train home. He didn't just forget where he parked. He forgot that he had driven there and ends up taking the train wow. home. So, you know, it, it's it's certainly if the world memory champion or the U.S. memory champion <laughs> yeah. can forget once in a while, I think we're entitled. Well, we have I have another story adjacent to that. Oh, boy. OK, so. So I sent you the screen grab because I found our initial email when we first started doing yeah, radio. This makes me nervous, good keeper. <laughs> you, you're definitely when, whenever a grand jury calls to investigate me, I know you know you can count yourself as practically being subpoenaed. Well, I just happened to I knew it was 2013. That I did remember right. because I had just had my first ah, yes, daughter. Yes, yes, yes. And you had reached out to me and to co-host with Curtis, who was doing, what was it, Curtis and the Gov at the time? Yes, um, I believe so, yeah. Uh, and you were the producer, right. and you asked if I could co-host because Patterson, David Patterson. That's right. Okay. He's now married to his ex-wife. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. Okay. Moving on. So, 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 okay. So Curtis and I sit together for two hours. We do this show, yada, yada, yada. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. And obviously over the past nine years, I have seen Curtis at various times. Right. And you I, guys were both at my wedding, for instance. There was that. There's here. Right. There's, I, we've been on a show. We were just on the show a few weeks ago, <laughs> what, a month ago together. Every, and how about the time you and I were having a drink right, up the street, him, yeah. and he's walking down the street, he sits <laughs> down, and I'm sitting next to him, and I'm like, am I the kid in the sixth sense? Like, It's like I'm not there. I can't figure out if he can't remember me, doesn't remember me. Pretends not to know me. I for it's a mystery. I can assure you, he's not pretending. <laughs> he is. He um for he's worked with people in some cases for years and not remembered their name. It was uh, he remembers you. What Giuliani? He's got his buddy Wiener. I think, I think what, the what? list ends there. I think. <laughs> he remembers his wife. One time he did refer to his son Anthony on the radio as Andrew. Um, that which. Which was interesting, but um, he uh, he has an interesting issue with memory. You know what it is? I honestly think Curtis is like me. He's got a lot going on in that brain. He's also been hit in the head. I'm not even joking. Many times over the years. But my wife has to constantly remind me where the lights are that control what. You know, if she says turn the lights on the kitchen, I'll start flicking around for light switches that I think look like they control the lights in the kitchen. And they're inevitably the wrong lights. And she says, we've lived here for a year and a half. How do you still not know where the lights are? But well, I the, genuinely don't. Because you have a ghost. I get, that's true. And they're apparently, apparently moving As a light. <laughs> yes. around. But, um, but come on. Fine. You don't remember my name? Great. No problem. My face? I, I mean, think he does remember your face, probably. He does, but he's never. There's no. There's no actual recognition in his face when I see That's him. That's true. That's he's true. just blankly looking at me like, uh huh, uh huh. Anyway, you know, it's funny. We had an intern one time. This is about 17 years ago, um, and she was asking for instructions on going through Curtis's email because back then Curtis didn't email, so the, he'd have to have an intern answer all his correspondence. And I would say, all right, you know, you got to separate them into these piles. And she said to me, you know, there's um, a lot of e emails here from people that, you know, that sound like they know Curtis. And then she says, there's a lot of emails here from people that are, you know, that that act like they know Curtis, but I can't tell if they really do. And uh, I said, no, put all those together because Curtis doesn't know the people that he knows any better than the people that think that they know him. Right. And I said, put them all together. And uh, our int that intern, by the way, is now a member of the state Senate and running for Congress, by the way, Alessandra Biagi in, okay. uh, in Westchester. So, yeah, I've been fascinated by Curtis's memory for years because he also will at sometimes remember the most minute detail Mm -hmm. Of the of the of the 1977 World Series, you know, uh, and uh, he just has such a head for minutia, but manages to forget so much. It's really quite astounding. Quite uh, that, astounding. That's a word for it. That's a word for it. Yeah. It's it is. Uh, well, it's an incentive, I guess, to to use a lot of hand sanitizer and keep washing your hands. You don't want one of these memory erasing colds. Nobody does. <laughs> um, tell me about before we get to Judge Jackson, uh, which is what everybody wants to hear about. Tell me about uh, this. The, the latest with uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and TikTok. They're in the midst of a big argument over whether or not their daughter 
should be able to use TikTok, right? Well, yes. And this and then and it sort of spiraled into a, more of a debate about, you know, when is an appropriate age for your child to have a social media account? Um, and their daughter happens to be eight years old and my older daughter happens to be eight years old. And in in the in the regular world, I would say absolutely not. Like I will not have my daughter. I will exploit her on my social media right. any day of the exactly. week. But That's I what parents control, are for. <laughs> I control it. She doesn't know how to get into it, and it's fine. But um, you know, giving them their own accounts is absolutely absurd. So you, you're Team Kanye on this. Oh, don't call me that. But you are. Uh, but on this, I said in the real world, they live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand their world, to be honest. Um, and I, yeah, but yes, but in this case, yes, I don't think an eight-year-old should have 15 million followers or whatever it was that she, or he has 15 million, I guess. I don't know, but she has millions of followers. And I just think that that's terrible. I mean, Kim Kardashian got robbed, remember? Like, when yeah. she was, where, where in was France, she? In France, I think. In France, was it France? I think so. Yeah, Maybe she was in was Paris, Paris right. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, she was so shook that she, you know, said, I'm not going to flaunt X, Y, and Z on social media anymore. This was an eye opening experience. We'll talk about memory loss because (laughs) she clearly doesn't remember what she said. Because honestly, I don't care that your, you know, X, you know, $300,000 ring got stolen. Like the most valuable thing to any parent is their, is their children. Right. So you, you shouldn't actually, she shouldn't be doing this, but what age do you think is appropriate? I, I honestly think it depends on the kid, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like I, I look at rebel and I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm like not even letting you cross the street till you're 14 at this mm-hmm. point. Like she's not showing me that she has like the wherewithal to like, you know, she's just, I mean, she's awesome, but she's just her. She's like a dreamer, you know, where my little one is so aware of everything all the time. You know, she, she's, she, she'll be crossing the street this summer by by herself i won't let her but she could um so it really depends um she wants a phone um my my older one not happening i'm like no way absolutely not like no way not happening until i can really feel like she's responsible to a like use it appropriately and b not leave it somewhere like she does everything else you know including her homework (laughs) stays at school uh, maybe see, maybe it's hereditary. Look what happened with the donuts. <laughs> All right, eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. If you want to comment on anything we're covering, uh, Marlena Shivo is my guest for the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk about the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. We'll get into that, including why some women's groups are a little upset over some of the remarks that she's made this week. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. This is the other side of midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. Frank Morano, joined for the hour by Marlena Schiavo, longtime friend of mine. She's also a veteran media producer, a social critic, a comedian, and a very proud mother of two young women. And uh, the subject of gender came up in a big way at the Supreme Court hearing of Judge Jackson. Uh, she's been nominated by President Biden to feel, fill Justice Breyer's seat. And uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee had some questions for Judge Jackson about the definition of a certain word. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. Uh, your reaction, Marlena, to uh, Senator Blackburn's question and Judge Jackson's response. The response that she gave was obviously very, very measured and way too politically correct. OK, so if 
And I also think that Marsha Blackburn did not ask the question that she was really getting at, right? So when you actually look up the definition of a woman, it will say adult, female, human being. And there's nothing wrong with saying adult, female, human being. What Blackburn was really getting at was define a female. Right. And that that's where it gets tricky and complicated. Um, but so there, then there was another uh article that came out later in USA Today saying that scientists and experts are absolutely commending uh, Jackson for the way she answered the question because, quote, um, they agree there's no sufficient way to clearly define what makes someone a woman with billions of women on the planet. There is much variation. And it's like there aren't species of women. You know, that that doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, I feel like we're getting into a very, very tricky place in our society where a grown woman who is being about to be confirmed on the Supreme Court of the United States is scared to define the exact thing that she is, which is a woman. I think that's insane. Um if she had answered the question with the definition of a woman, an adult female, you know, human being, perhaps Blackburn would have followed up and said, we'll define female, at which point I could see her sort of saying, well, there's she could answer it, though. She could say, well, people are born biological females. And then there are other people who aren't born biological females who identify as females. Is that right. that actually fits into everything that's being said today? Right. No one could even there's no there's no loophole there. So I don't understand why she actually looks worse the way she did it. She's a very smart woman. I'm sure she's perfectly qualified. But this is all about how she's going to obviously rule on certain things. And they're trying to get to the bottom of it and dance around a question like that, which is really pretty straightforward and doesn't need to be politicized. I just feel like it is the message is so overly politically correct that we are in dangerous territory now Uh, there are some women's groups that aren't happy with this right i mean there are some people that are saying that uh she didn't answer the question appropriately and keeping in mind what those scientists said there's some people that feel differently of course and uh, because they're saying it threatens the women's rights movement i mean if you can't define a woman then how are you going to how if you can't define it how can you defend it Right. Uh, President Biden, when he was in the Senate, was always very proud of his authorship of the Violence Against Women Act, for instance. You know, it's not the Violence Against, you know, uh, Persons Act. Exactly. Um, And I don't know why it is so wrong to identify as the person that you were born as, right? Like that's almost the messaging. I know it's not supposed to be, but that's sort of what it's coming across as. It's like, let's just keep it all very general. But if you can't keep things general, if you have to make laws and then have those laws be applied to, uh, you know, uh, cases when they get into court, right? So it's like you have to define things in order to define things, Right. right? To keep our society moving but here we are here we are indeed 800-848-WABC if you want to comment that's 800-848-9222 well this is actually a rare treat uh we actually have from what i understand uh katanji brown jackson calling in and we're actually going to ask her a couple of follow-up questions on this front marlena why don't you get started um, I will gladly get started. Okay, my first question that they didn't seem to cover in the hearings was um, if uh, she could, uh, can you provide the definition of a spoon? Can I provide a definition? No, I can't. You can't? Not in this context, no. I'm not a kitchen engineer. All right, we'll move on. How about, can you provide the definition of a picture frame? Not at this time, no. You can't give me the definition of a picture frame whatsoever? Why not? I don't work for Pottery Barn or in any capacity adjacent to the retail industry, so I can't say for certain what the true definition of a picture frame is. Uh, Okay, we'll table that one. Can you define the word male? Male, as in a category of gender, or male in the context of the U.S. Postal Service? 
gender? No, I can't. Okay, fine. How about the definition of mail, the kind that gets delivered to your house? <laughs> the U.S. Postal Service provides a diversity of options as to what they can bring to your home, but respectfully, without context to the specific mail you're addressing, no pun intended, I can't really go into detail on that. Oh, we the call dropped, Frank. Darn it. Uh, well, I mean, at least she's consistent. Yes, right, at least she. she's not uh, picking and choosing what, what she can define definitions of. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. If you think you can do better, eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Mark is in New Haven. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Frank. How's Rocco and the baby? Everybody good? Everyone's great. Thank you. So, so I have a quick, quick response to this. We are humans, which are defined and different from birds and lizards and other kinds of creatures, insects. And we have certain defining characteristics, live birth, things like that. So it seems to me that science says that there are only two genders and the rest are merely preferences. Um, we are biologically mammals. I don't understand. All right. Well, are you any reaction to that? Well, I mean, he's he's saying it in a different way and he's not wrong. It, you know, for years, science has defined um the two the the way things are, but now we can't actually rely on science unless you know we need to use it for political purposes. But let's not get into science mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. too much. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Hey, uh, before we run out of time, I want to ask you about uh, this story, uh, which has something to do with with gender. Uh, a fella had some bad luck in Costa Rica. W- what happened here? So. Th- the headline's actually pretty misleading. The, it says businessman stuck in Costa Rica after a flesh-eating bug infected his genitals. Oof. So that, when I first read it, I'm Painful. thinking, oh, God, like, what kind of bug is this? Thinking it's an insect, but it is not an insect. It was actually uh, a bacterial infection mm. that... Um, is apparently very painful and is attacking attacking his um unmentionables, and he is still there. He has to go to the hospital every three days for treatment. I do not know what the treatment is. I don't want <sighs> to know what the treatment is, but it is all um. It is all targeted at that one part of his body. Oh, uh, my goodness! That sounds just awful. It 800- sounds like. Yeah. 848-WABC. Will's in Farmingdale. Hello, Will. Hi. Um, you know, this is basically why since the beginning of this, words have meanings, okay? And when you're talking about legislating, we legislate and we make laws based on facts, not feelings, not on uh, your imagination. And that's why the definition of a male and a female is important. She said, I'm not a biologist. I don't know. But you are a judge. Okay, and you and your your judging will be called into question. That's the reason for your job. You know, another thing when we ask them, "What's your feeling on the Second Amendment?" I don't know why we ask them these things. Okay, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Constitution does not need to be interpreted by you. What needs to be interpreted are the laws that are being passed and the cases that are in front of you to see if they are in line with our Constitution. Well, that's that's the a separate a that's a separate discussion. Will be. Because actually, there's nothing in the Constitution that gives the Supreme Court the power to determine what laws are, are constitutional or not. But that's a that's a, a right they claim for themselves in Marbury versus Madison. But that is a that's a, a separate discussion, certainly outside of the scope of the of the of the gender debate. Quick question, Marlene. I want to take advantage of your expertise as a as a wife before I run out of time with you. It's my wife's birthday I don't know on if Sunday. I'm an expert wife, but. Try me. I think you're doing okay. Um, it's my wife's birthday on Sunday. What now? I got her theater tickets to a show on April 16th, mm-hmm. and I think we're supposed to go out tonight for dinner. Are we? Am I obliged to do anything else? What's the game plan? I mean, I'm going to get her a card, but beyond that, is, am I? Is my 
part of the bargain done? A hundred percent. It is. Okay. Yeah, good. especially right. now that you have a kid. Exactly. Okay, good. All right. Because uh, Saturday we're going out to uh, her sister's on Long Island. Sunday, um, I, I think my mom is going to come over on Friday. Uh, you know, so. I think I, I think the obligation of going to Long Island should get you out of a lot of things for at least the next year. Yeah. Well, I don't mind going. She drives. So, I mean, I'm basically just uh, along, along yeah, for the But sitting in the traffic on the LIE. It can I, be challenging. Challenging. can be challenging. Oh, it's infuriating. Yes. Now, I'm hoping that uh, Carmine uh, exercises a great deal of restraint and takes pity on us <laughs> for that uh, hour and a half ride out to eastern Suffolk County. Uh, Marlena, if people want to get in touch with you or see more of what you're doing or keep up with you, what's the best way for them to do it? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and it's uh, at Marlena Shibo. Also on Twitter, um, and I am on Substack right now. And I actually changed my publication name. Oh, you did! I am now Ms. Information. Ms. M. S. M. S. Period. Mi- yes. Information. Yes, misinformation. So how do we, how do people find you on Substack? Do they search yes. misinformation you, 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 on Substack? No, you could just put in my name on Substack. How often do up. you send out Substack? Oh no, I not not much, but I'm going to The problem with Substack for me is the lack of um you know, audio visual stuff that you could do. I love writing, but I, I need yeah. like another element to it. And that's sort of, been I subscribe to a few people on Substack, but I was, I was subscribing to Alan Berenson, but I was getting like three, four, five emails a day. It was just too much. So I unsubscribed. Right. I like like one a week. That's my ideal amount yeah. of, of postings from Substack. So I'll be sending you five, six, seven. Well, I, I don't mind if they're personalized, <laughs> but if they're just kind of generic, pontificating then that's the that's the thing all right so find marlena shivo on all forms of social media at marlena shivo uh coming up in just a minute we're going to do denunciations um you want to throw in a denunciation for good measure measure anybody that you don't like oh god there's how how can i pick um (laughs) (laughs) that you haven't already mentioned um uh let me see who don't i like today well, I guess Dr. Fauci's an evergreen for you, right? Yeah, pretty much. Right. That's fine. All right. We're going to do denunciations. We're going to talk with a former British ambassador to Syria, Peter Ford, uh, coming up in about a half hour. And then uh, coming up in 90 minutes, we'll do an Oscar preview with uh, Jason Konigsberg from panandslam.com. Uh-huh. Real quick. Well, I I don't dislike him, but he dislikes me. There's a man named Peter who listens in, and he tunes out apparently when I'm on. Ah. So we can denounce him. All right. Well, now that now that you're gone, welcome back, Peter. Peter, come <laughs> on back. It is great seeing you, my friend. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again in a week or two. Alrighty. All right. Um, denunciations coming up in one minute. You find me on Twitter as well at Frank Moreno and uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Moreno fan. If you want to make your voice heard about the show, join the Facebook group on Facebook. Just search Moreno radio fans and haters. That's M O R A N O radio fans and haters. Uh, there's a, uh, a vibrant debate going on about a number of subjects on there, and uh, that is the place to go. We suggest that you try and keep it civil, number one, and try and keep it related to the show, number two. 